God's got something powerful he wants to say. And um, I'm, I'm excited about this series that we've been in for a little while now. We've been talking about Watch Your Mouth. been talking about our words. And uh, tonight I want to kind of change directions a little bit. You'll find on Wednesday nights uh, that I really get into messages. We've been doing this now for about five or six weeks. And so we change courses every now and then, although remaining on the same topic and subject of your words and watching what you say, we've kind of been talking about how our words create the soundtrack of our lives. And your words, what you're saying day in and day out, create an expectation for your life. Just like we said in a movie, an expectation can change, not just because of a scene changing, of uh, the characters in the scene, but you can change a scene just by the sound that's being made. And so by changing our words, we can change our life. And many of us are living the lives that we're living because of the words that we're speaking. They're attached. They're connected. And if we can learn to say something different, we'll, learn, we'll, be, we'll begin to see something different. Saying is tied to seeing. And uh, so we've been taking a look at this for several weeks. And now I want to get into the power of your words. Because what's the point of saying anything if it doesn't really change anything, right? What's the point of speaking something? Last week, we ended on this note. Stop saying what you see and start saying what you want to see. We ended on that note. Too many times, we only speak what is in the natural. You got a headache, and that's all you say. Man, I got a headache. I can't get rid of this headache. I'm tired of these headaches. We don't say anything the opposite. No, I do not have a headache in the name of Jesus. I command this headache to go. And many times we don't say those things simply because of this. We don't really believe it'll do anything. Period. There's a lot of things in life that we don't do because we don't think it yields results. Everybody in the world is results-oriented. People invest money. Because of results. They don't invest money just for the sake of investing money. People do things in their lives based upon the results that it brings back. And if it doesn't yield a result, what do we do? Stop doing it, right? We call that a waste of time. What is a waste of time? Spending your time doing something that doesn't yield results. We're looking for results. And that's God-given because God is looking for results. God doesn't do anything just because. God does everything with a purpose and a plan and a design to it, and that is to bring a result out. And so many of us don't bother changing our words and changing how we talk about things because we don't really believe, if I talk about my finances differently than what it's doing, is that really going to change anything? If I talk healing and health and wholeness over my body, is that really going to change how I feel day in and day out? If I say that God has blessed me with favor and God has blessed me with a new job and a new position in my job, is that really going to get me the new job? These things come into play. And so we feel better off just saying what we see because that makes us feel better, right? Makes you feel better when you just complain and talk about the stuff that's really going on rather than changing how we talk about it to see it change. 
But I want to tell you tonight, and I want to show you tonight, that your words contain power. Now, we've been talking about the powerful word of God. We've been talking about that. In fact, uh, we, we saw the verse, let's throw it up there, Psalms 138, verse 2. This shows you the power that God's word has. It says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. God has actually taken his word and put it above how powerful his name is. And we know God's powerful, right? Ask everybody in this room, is, is God have power? Absolutely. Can God move mountains? Absolutely. Can God heal? Absolutely. God's word is just as powerful as God. He's taken his word and he's exalted it above his name. You know, we, 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 it's hard for us to see that because we can't really tie that to individuals on, you know, down here. To, to, if you can say about someone that they are just as good as their word, that's awesome. You know, back in the day, people used to do what they said. But now, you know, that's a little tougher to come by. And so to actually look at someone and say, if you give me your word on it, I know you're going to do it. Then, I mean, that's a rarity. But that's how we're supposed to be in the kingdom, by the way. Living the kingdom life is your word is just, a, just as powerful as who you are. And your word is a picture of who you are. So we know that God is faithful. We know that God is powerful. We know that God, when he goes out to do something, he's going to do it. But then when we try to apply the same mindset to his word, his word is faithful. His word is powerful. His word will accomplish that which it's sent to do. Amen? So we can put just as much faith in his word as we can in him. If God can do it, his word can do it. They're inseparable. They're one in the same, and they cannot be separated. So we've got to start viewing God's word the way we view God. We've got to stop reading God's word and when it says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and start playing the mind game of, man, I just don't feel like it. No, if, if God is as faithful as his word, then that has to come to pass. If God gives you a word and says, by his stripes, you are healed, then we can't read that regardless of how we feel in our bodies and say, I don't know if that's true. Because if God can heal, his word can heal. If God is the healer, then his words are just as powerful as he is. And so we can apply those scripture to our lives. But now here's where we get mixed up. We've just shown two levels. Some of us believe in God, but don't have the same level for his word. And then some of us believe in God and, and, and have that same uh, uh uh, faithfulness in his word, same trustworthiness and same faith in his word as we do in him. But here's where we get tripped up. What if I'm the one saying it? Now, we said this a while back. Uh, uh, a pastor that I love and uh, listen to a lot, Pastor Mark Hankins. Some of you may know him, some of you may not. But he says this a lot. God's word is 
just as powerful in his in your mouth as it is in his mouth. I'll say it again. We say that and like we get lost like halfway through. I'm going to put it together. God's words are just as powerful in your mouth as they are in his mouth. What am I saying? If God says something, it's going to happen. If you say the same thing as God, it's going to happen. That's the principle of God's word. See, that's why I don't want to find myself saying anything that doesn't line up with his word. I don't want to find myself saying, well, man, it's that time of year. Feeling it coming on, you know, it's, it's getting chilly out there. It's flu season. I don't want to find myself saying that. Why? Because that doesn't agree with God's word. That's not what God's word says. God's word does not say that my health and my sinuses and, and my headaches and, and, and my uh, nasal passageways and my throat and my lungs, they're not tied to the seasons of the year. Man, everybody at work's getting sick. I, I guess I'm going to be the next one to get it. Come on, we say this stuff. We're hitting home tonight. We say these things. But the last time I checked, God's word on healing is not tied to your location or proximity to sickness around you. It's not tied to that. So instead of saying that, I'm going to say, everybody else around me can get sick, but I will not. Healing flows through these veins. Jesus paid a very terrible price so that I could not only be saved, but that I could be healed and walk in healing. And the second something tries to come on me, I go with God. I don't side with what happens. I don't side with the natural. I don't side with what I see, but I side with God's word and say. So if I can get God's word, which is powerful in his mouth, inside my mouth, it will produce the same results. So we've got to start speaking with God's word. And so the title of my message tonight is, what gives you the right? What gives you the right? What gives us the right to speak his word and see things change? Because this is the question that we have. If I say it, will it really change? If, it, if I change my talk, if I talk about it differently, will I see something change? Now, there's an equation there's an equation to it, and we'll get to that. But look at Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 27. Mark chapter 1. In the book of Mark, Jesus doesn't waste any time getting up in people's business <laughs> and proclaiming and bringing the kingdom. I mean... We are about 21 verses in. We're going to show you verse 27. But in verse 21, something crazy happens. And uh, most of you would not come back this weekend if this took place. But Jesus was in church preaching. And a man with an unclean spirit began making some noise. And Jesus 
tells this unclean spirit to be quiet and cast him out. Now, when Jesus showed up on the scene, nobody's been doing that. See, sometimes we, we go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we read it like it's the New Testament, and it is in the New Testament. But what you have to remember is Jesus hasn't gone to the cross. So really the same principles that are in the Old Testament apply in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John until you get to around chapter 28 and chapter 16 and chapter 24 and chapter 21 of each book. What I mean is this is still relatively the Old Testament. They're still living under old law. And nobody had the authority to talk to a demon that way and tell them to leave. Nobody had that authority. So look what happened in verse 27. Then they were all amazed because Jesus cast this unclean spirit out. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Jesus talked differently than everybody else. This wasn't the first time someone got up in a, a church service and preached. What they called it was the reading of the law. Someone would get up just like this, and someone would read the Old Testament law, the Old Testament scriptures to the people. They had scribes, they had Pharisees, they had Sadducees. These were the religious leaders of the law at this time, and that was nothing different. But what was different was not necessarily the words that were coming out, but the authority behind the words. In essence, it was in the person speaking the words. And so Jesus shows up on the scene and immediately is saying the same thing, but is talking different. Saying the same thing, but with a different sound, with a different resonance to it, with a different authority and power behind it. Now, I want to define for you real quick authority and power. I want to show you the difference. Because sometimes we can get confused, and what I want to show you today is that you don't need the power, you just need to be authorized to do something. Police officers, they operate under authority. Have you ever seen a police officer stop traffic? I mean, literally get out in front of cars that weigh tons and stop the traffic in front of them. Why? How is that possible? Because there's a gold thing that's up on their lapel. And that thing authorizes them, and you have to stop. Now, let me ask you, does that police officer have the physical, natural ability to stop a moving car? Absolutely not. There is nothing within that police officer. He will get smashed. He will get run over. He will lose every time. So he doesn't have the power to stop a car. But he has something even better, the authority. Jesus operated in authority. 
Look at Matthew chapter 8. This is interesting because when we talk about authority and when we talk about power in, in, in that realm, we're talking about, uh, you, you, you can think of government figures, people that operate in authority, and they are shown as being someone in authority. And here in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, we see a passage here with a man who is called a centurion. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. This is a centurion. This is a man of authority. This is a soldier in the Roman army. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now, that wasn't, that wasn't difficult to believe for a lot of people. There were plenty of people that Jesus had come and healed. Jairus' daughter, blind Bartimaeus, he's physically present, laying hands on people, rebuking uh, sickness and disease to go, casting it out, right? We, we, we've seen that before. But watch what this man says. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. By the word that you speak, we will see a result. This centurion is looking for a particular result here. What's he looking for? Healing in my servant. I want my servant to be restored. But there's a problem. You're not close enough. You're not in the same room. You're not in the same location. Uh, you're not even in the same town. There's a trip involved. But he says, that's all right, for I also am a man under. Look at this. Jesus was not just a man in authority. This centurion points out the fact that he is under authority. But yet, what gives him the right to speak a word and the servant will be healed? Watch this. And I say to this one, go and he goes, and to another, come and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. So look at the next verse. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith in Israel. This was a picture of faith to Jesus. And that's all that Jesus needed to move. You know, God is activated by faith. That's the activator. You want anything in your life, you have to be moved by faith. You have to be in faith. You have to operate with faith. Now, what does that mean? Faith is living the opposite of what you see. Remember what we said. You got to stop saying what you see, and you got to start saying what you want to see. That's called faith. Start talking about it as if you had it now. Start talking about it as if you already were possessing it. One of the greatest ways you will defeat healing and sickness in your body 
is praise God for the healing that he's already prepared and made available to you and start acting like a healed person. That's the greatest way to get healed. It's the quickest way. Start acting like it's already yours. Well, I still feel horrible. Doesn't matter. You start acting, you start talking, you start living like the healing is already taking place in your body. You thank him. You praise him for it. Why? Because he's already given it to you. What's that called? Faith. And that activates God. Now God looks down and says, now I can do something about it. So this picture of words... Because, see, Jesus isn't the only one speaking a word in this passage. The centurion spoke a word. The centurion said something. By what? Faith. He said, if you just speak a word, I know my servant will be healed. Well, that is about the greatest faith that you can operate with. You mean if I just say something, we'll get a result? I mean, usually I got to lay hands on them. Usually I got to come cast them out. Usually I got to, you know, come to their house and come by their bedside. But you're actually telling me that if I just speak the word, you believe your servant will be healed. Well, that is faith. That's operating in faith. Now, skip on down to uh, verse 7, I believe it is. And Jesus said, I will come. Oh, wait, no, that's, we got to go further than that. Verses are throwing me off. Verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, watch this. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed. Now, why didn't he say, go your way as you have spoken? Why didn't he? Refer to what he said. How does he know what he believed? We talked about this last week. Your words will locate your faith. Your words will identify what you really believe. So there's the factor. What gives you the right? Just believe. Believe that what you say will come to pass. Where have we heard that before? Mark chapter 11. Put it up there. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. What gives you the right? You got to believe. See, the equation, we're missing a part of the equation. So Jesus answered and said to them in verse 22, Mark chapter 11, have faith in God. This is all, this is translated, have the God kind or faith, God kind of faith, or have the faith of God. Verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, but look, here's the equation, and does not doubt in his heart. See, when you do math, addition, subtraction, multiplication, you're looking for a result, right? We're all looking for a result. What is the answer? I used to get in trouble because 
uh, my teacher, she wanted to see the whole problem. She wanted to see the whole equation. And uh, I just wanted to try to get the answer. All I cared about was the answer at the end. I didn't care about the equation. And so she would get me because I might have even had the right answer, but I didn't follow instructions because she's going to want to know, how did you get that? And that's when she realized I just pulled the answer out of the back of the book or pulled it off of someone else's paper or asked somebody and got the answer. I didn't really know the equation. See, you might be able to get the answer one time, but unless you know the equation, you won't get the answer on your own the next time. There's an equation involved. Whoever says to this mountain, so we're speaking, be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart. So it's like, A, speak to the mountain. B, believe it in your heart. Equals C, mountain removed and cast into the sea. There's an equation here. See, when you speak with authority, you speak like you believe it. You know when you hear someone say something, but they don't really, not real confident. Not real sure, not a whole lot of authority and power there. But man, when you know something and you truly believe it, now you're not saying something and trying to believe it. You believe something and you're saying that. There's more power when you believe what you say than when you're trying to, when you're trying to say something and then believe it. But we get it the other way around. We think if we say it enough times, we'll believe it. But the Bible says, believe first, then speak with your mouth. Because until you believe what you say, then you don't believe what you say. Until you get it down in here, you're this person that says, get out of my way, mountain. But then doubts in your heart whether that's really going to come to pass. And then a piece of the equation is missing. And then we're missing the result. Because you don't get the result without the right equation. You don't get four if you're missing two plus two or one plus three. You don't get four if something's missing. So we got to get both pieces of the equation so that we can get the right Result. The centurion had a result. I want my servant healed. So he had an equation for Jesus. He says, I got something for you. I believe that if you speak the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus confirmed that he believed it because he said, go your way as you have believed. He did not say, go your way as you have spoken as you have said he said as you have believed we looked at a passage last week with a lady that had uh, uh, an issue of blood flowing in her body for 12 years and as she was pressing through the crowd to get to jesus we saw a very key factor there in mark chapter 5 she said to herself if i may touch the hem of his garment i will be made whole She said something. 
But she wasn't just throwing words out. She wasn't saying it and saying, I hope if this, I hope this works, because if not, I'm in a lot of trouble. How do we know that? Because Jesus comes back to her after he identifies her out of the crowd. Remember, he said, power has gone out from me. And Peter says, what are you talking about, man? Everybody here is touching you. We're in the middle of a crowd. He says, no, someone's touched me, and power has gone from me. And that's when she made herself known. But then remember what Jesus told her. Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Not what you said. Not your action of coming out here in a crowd when you're really not supposed to. Your faith has made you whole. Your belief system, what you really believe, and then you spoke and you acted on what you really believed, and so now you've gotten the result you were looking for. She had all the pieces of the equation. What gives you the right? we got to be people that believe. When you believe something, when you truly believe something, now you're speaking with authority. Now you're speaking with power behind it. Now remember I used the, uh, the analogy of the police officer. And he doesn't have maybe the natural physical power to stop a car. But he does have the authority to stop a car. There is a backing power that's behind him when he says, stop. He knows he's not just standing there by himself. He knows that he's got the full backing. If you don't stop, I can do something about it because of who I work for, because of who's behind me. See, Jesus knew when I command that demon to come out, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the kingdom that's behind me. It has to do with the power. I have the authority. I have been authorized to speak. But now there's a power that's backing me up. You've got to be confident in God. Because look, you don't have the power the natural ability to make any of that happen. But when you rely in the power of God, what did he say? Uh, what did God say in the Old Testament? It is not by might, it is not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. By my spirit. By something you can't see. Because that's what spirit is. You can't see the spirit but you know it's there. And so when you're speaking in line and you know I have been authorized and there's a backing power coming behind me that when I speak this, they're going to make it happen. Now you're speaking with authority. Now you know that I have been authorized to speak this way. We've got to quit trying to make it happen ourselves, and we've got to learn to rely in the power that's behind us. You've got to remember that there's a whole other nation. There's a whole other kingdom. There's a whole other world that is backing you when you get in alignment with it. 
when you get in alignment with it. When you get outside of the alignment of the authority that you're under, your words lose their power. Your words lose the authority when you're not in alignment with the authority over you. Remember that centurion, he told Jesus, you are a man under authority. It's interesting that he tied the authority that Jesus had to the fact that he was under authority. Remaining in right alignment with the authority over you will give you all the confidence and all the authority that you need to start speaking to things. See, when we're trying to speak to things in our life and we're out of alignment ourselves, so you're trying to speak to that sickness, but God's been speaking to you to go forgive that person that you've been holding a grudge against for five years. So guess what? Now your power, now your authority is disconnected from the authority that's behind you, and you have no authority, you have no power. You are not authorized any longer. Your words don't contain anything. It's funny. In Mark chapter 25, or Mark chapter 11, verse 25, remember 23 says, For whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. Verse 24 says, Believe that you receive when you pray, and you will have them. But verse 25, let me read that to you. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Isn't that interesting that Jesus comes out of talking, man, if you say it, you can have it. If you get in alignment, if you say it and believe it in your heart, it'll happen. But wait, disclaimer at the bottom, if you're not under my authority, you have no authority. Why was Jesus' words so powerful? Why did he operate with such authority? Because he made this mandate on his life. I will not do anything unless my father tells me to do it. I will not go anywhere unless my, my father tells me to go there. I will not say anything unless my father tells me to say it. What's he saying? Because I remain under my father's authority, I remain in authority. You've been authorized. You've been given the authority. You have the power of the kingdom of God backing you up every time you say something when you're under his authority. Now you can speak to sickness and it's got to go. Now you can talk to your finances and they have to change. Now you can start speaking to your marriage and you can see it line up. Now you can start speaking about favor in your job and your career and things will start changing because I am in alignment with my father, with my authority that's over me. And now because of that, I have been placed in authority. Adam didn't fall from heaven. Adam didn't lose access to heaven. Adam and Eve were not running around in the garden saying, when's Jesus coming? When are we going to go to heaven? I hope he comes and dies on the cross for me soon. They weren't even thinking about that. They were, they were ruling and operating on the, on the earth in authority. But they lost all the authority when they came out from under their king's authority. 
operated in disobedience, did what they were told not to do, and now because they could not remain under authority, they were removed from authority. Same thing happened to King Saul. 1 Samuel chapter 15, King Saul is given a command. Go against the Amalekites, slaughter every single one of them. Don't leave anything behind. Don't take anything for yourselves. Take the king, take the women, take the children. Get rid of the spoils, get rid of it all. And he decides to do what he wants to do. And Samuel has to come back at the end and say, Today, the kingdom has been torn from you. You have no right. You have no authority. You are no longer authorized to give commands because you can't follow commands. You've got to be able to operate in an ability to remain under authority if you want your words to contain any power. See, we, got, we have the word, and it's powerful as long as you're authorized to use it. See, look, a, a, a police officer, they use a gun. That's got power. But they can only use it if they are authorized to use it. They can't just walk around and shoot whatever they want to shoot. They're just blowing away whatever they want to blow away. What do you got to have? The authority to use the power. That doesn't, re- that doesn't mean God's word isn't powerful. Well, man, you know, I was talking to my sickness and I just never got any better. And I just, I, I just don't believe it's, it's powerful. But then you look inside your life and you realize, I haven't been remaining under authority. Well, there's your factor. There's the problem. Get your life right. Get your life back under the king's authority and watch the words that you're speaking from God's word. Watch them all of a sudden begin to change things in your life. See, there's a difference between a civilian walking the streets carrying a a, a weapon on their hip with no authorization and a police officer. I mean, even if you have a, a, a carry license, There's still certain places you can't go with a gun. But have you ever noticed that in a lot of those buildings, federal buildings, court buildings and such, there's somebody inside there with a gun. Why? Because they've been authorized. They've been authorized. Look, you want to be able to carry the power of God with you everywhere you go. But you get disarmed every time you fall out from under authority. We get disarmed. That doesn't mean that gun's not powerful anymore. But you can't use it. It's not going to work for you. But man, when we get under that authority, when we decide, Father, I want to live my life according to your authority because I want the words in my mouth to have authority. And let me tell you something. There's no alternative to you speaking. Well, that's fine. I'll just let God I'll just let God's word do the job. I'll just let God speak it. Guess what? He can't. You realize that God needs you to speak his word because he has legally deauthorized himself from speaking anything in this realm 
without using you and I. Well, I don't want to change that about my life, but, you know, God already said it. God already said I I can be healed. God already said I can have financial prosperity. God already said. It doesn't matter. God needs you to speak what he said. Those demons aren't going anywhere. Those devils aren't going anywhere. Those things that you're battling in your life, those mountains. Notice in Mark chapter 11, Jesus didn't say, if you got a mountain, pray to me and ask me to remove it for you. Not what the verse says. He put full responsibility on us. He said, you speak to the mountain and it will be removed. Jesus, remove my mountain. Take the wheel, Jesus. Jesus, take the wheel. I got, a, I, I got something for you. He's not in the driver's seat. He can't take the wheel. He's put us in the driver's seat. He said, you take the wheel. I've authorized you. I've sent you out. Look at Matthew chapter 28 real quick. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now look at the next two words. Go therefore. Well, what does him having authority have anything to do with us going? Because now he is sending you out. Back in 2003, it was just after 9-11, and uh, my dad was serving in the Air Force at the time, and he got called overseas for eight months. And uh, he had to go to Afghanistan for eight months. Well, meanwhile, back at home in the States, Somebody's still got to take care of the bills. Somebody's still got to take care of the mortgage. Somebody's still got to take care of all that stuff back home. Who's doing all that? Well, my mom received, what is that called when you step in as someone else? Power of attorney. My mom received power of attorney. So everything that my dad could do, she was now authorized to do. You have received power of attorney from Jesus himself. He's transferred that power. Matthew chapter 16, he said, I'm now giving to my church all authority in heaven and on earth. He says, Whatever you say to take place on earth will take place in heaven. And whatever you say not to take place on earth will not take place in heaven. Because of the church, not because of him. Speaking God's word is not praying to Jesus and asking him to do something about it. Speaking God's word is speaking directly to the situation and telling it what to do. Because you've been given the authority. You've been given the power. In fact, Jesus is the head of the church. So everything that Jesus is authorized to do, you can do. 
See, once again, we believe Jesus can do a lot. We believe Jesus has a lot of power. We know that Jesus can bring favor. We know that Jesus can cause things to happen. We know that Jesus has a lot of power. But associating that same power to our life, you have the power. You have the authority. You can speak to that thing and make it happen. But guess what? You have the same authority if you're speaking the wrong thing to it. And if you're speaking the wrong thing, then guess what we're seeing? The wrong thing. But if you start speaking the right thing, start speaking what you want to see, then it has to change. As you remain under your father's authority, as you remain authorized by the power that's backing you, now you can operate with boldness. Now you can operate operate with authority. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in all Samaria, and even to the end of the earth. What's he saying? He has transported, transferred it to his people, his church. We have the authority. What gives you the right? I've been authorized by Jesus Christ himself. I've been authorized to command things to happen and they have to happen. I've been authorized to command things not to happen and they can't happen. I've been authorized. I've been. See, look, now that gives you authority, boldness, power behind you. Now that's not just you spitting words out. That's not you speaking and then doubting what you're saying. That's you saying, believing what you say, remaining under authority to your king, and now your words have power. Paul said the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within you. How do we get it out? Your words. Change what you say. You have control. You have control over that sickness. You have control over that career and over that favor. You have control over that marriage. You have control over your children. You have control over your finances. Quit living like things are out of control and start taking control. Start speaking differently. If you want to see something different, you've got to say something different. You've got to get God's word in your heart and in your mouth. Not just in your heart, not just in your mouth. We're missing a piece of the equation. You get it in your mouth, but it's not in your heart, it won't do anything. You get it in your heart, but you're not saying that. Now, I I know people that know God's word, memorize God's word. But when situations arise, they only say what they see. Nothing changes. So let's get God's word in our hearts so that it can come out of our mouth and change what's around us. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Your word is powerful. 
Your word contains all the power, all the resource that we need, Father. So I thank you tonight. We thank you tonight for the authority. You've authorized you. We don't have to pray to you and wait for you to do something. We just need to speak your word, and you're backing us up. When we speak your word and remain in alignment with your word, you can't wait to move on our behalf. Father, we quit from trying to do it all. We quit from trying to change it all. And we rely on your power by operating in your authority. Those areas that we have refused to change, those areas that we know we've needed to change, but we just haven't, that's what's been hindering what we've been saying. But Father, we make a change tonight, instantly. It doesn't need to take a day. It doesn't need to take a week. It doesn't need to take a month. We change it tonight. And tomorrow, our words will have more effect. Tomorrow, our words will have more power. We set ourselves to believe you at your word. We don't believe anything else, not even what we see. And if we don't like what we're seeing, then we change what we're saying. Thank you for this word tonight in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.